2: a Day Podcast. edition of the pack a day podcast i am steve perhatch joined with dusty evely dusty it is game day i feel like there's a mix-up they should not have us on the game day podcast what is happening dude you
3: know andy kept calling me today and i just kept ignoring my calls because i assumed he was (laughs) telling me that this was all a big mistake we shouldn't do it but if you ignore the calls that means you don't have to do what he says so um So, yeah, I feel like it's a mix-up, but, hey, man, it's falling in our favor. Man, I could not be more excited.
2: Exactly. Packers are taking – Packers 4-4-1, taking on the Seattle Seahawks today. It's Thursday night football, which is just stupid. It shouldn't be happening. Both teams are coming. (laughs) Both teams are coming off late games on Sunday, um, both traveling. So, I don't know. It's exciting. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. The Packers are going to be in their, quote – color rush jerseys <laughs> all right I, I gotta start here everybody know everybody's listened to this and i'm sure like i did a whole episode with uh josh zirkle and trevor jossard about how the packers need new uniforms they're not color rush they are not color rush they're wearing their yellow helmets they're wearing <laughs> white shirts and pants on. what is your take on this just inform it's, me
3: how you feel you know as far as the color rush stuff i don't mind it because you look at like It was like the Jets and Browns and the Jets was just like, just that green, just like a dull green, the whole thing. And the Browns were just that dull orange or just an absolute eyesore. So in comparison to other Color Rush ones, I don't mind it. But at the same time, dude, it looks so lazy. It's so lazy. So yeah, I don't, it doesn't really bother me, but I also don't really understand it. But I'm also an old man. So like, I, I, I don't know see this is my whole
2: argument is that the the nfl should follow what the nba does the nba comes out every single year with a brand new jersey a city edition and it's always talked about and everybody wants to buy it and it's new merchandising Mm -hmm. like i think that would be awesome instead of every five years you get a new jersey and i'm looking i've got an autographed mini helmet it is awesome it is a white and silver Packers helmet. So, okay. Base white and the G is silver. Like, it's called the ice edition. Like, that would be amazing would to be throw amazing. with the white shirts and white pants. But no, no, we're stuck with the uh, quote color rush. And I'm sure, you know, the Seattle Seahawks are going to come out in a neon yellow
3: and maybe yeah. <laughs> like the Oregon Ducks out there or something. Exactly. Exactly. Let me ask you, though, Steve. So, if the Packers were to do like the city type alternate ones, is it just. It's just the Krolls West outline, right? Like that's all the Green Bay City outline is. Maybe you get Lambo and you get Krolls and that's it.
2: You know, something like that. I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen some, you know, Swiss cheese helmets. <laughs> Who knows? They could get wild with it. It's never going to happen,
3: Dusty. Never so going to. I mean, I like that you're dreaming though, Steve.
2: I'm never going to see a Swiss cheese helmet, but, you know, I digress. We move on. <laughs> Um before we get to everything Seattle Seahawks Green Bay Packers did you see the field in Mexico City I did I Holy did Oh god what is happening
3: I don't know man it's like Soldier Field after three teams played a whole bunch of games on it in a row or something it looks like a nightmare I
2: mean I I'm unbelievably happy because they they've already moved that game but wow that was that was just kind of that was shocking to me because the nFL doesn 't mess around they don't want to have a bad product, and for Mexico City to not have this under control was pretty shocking to me,
3: yeah, and they used to do games down there i mean i, I don't know i can 't remember I'm not looked into this um, that would require research, I suppose, but i mean i don't that used to be a semi regular thing they're trying to make that happen before say London happened. Um, And I think it's been a year or two since there's been a game, but it used to be like on a fairly regular basis. And I always loved watching those games to scan the crowd because everyone's wearing a different uniform, <laughs> like outfit of someone who played twenty years ago. But oh
2: yeah, that's where you get quality. Like you'd see a Peyton Hillis jersey that you know they're not even playing, but <laughs> yeah, just the random jerseys. But that's what you go for. It's
3: just tremendous, yeah. But but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not like it's, it's not unexpected. They've had games down there before with very little issue, as far as I'm understanding. Like this isn't. This isn't the Packers Hall of Fame game, Steve. You know, I kind of thought they'd have it a little more together. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it was shocking for sure. A little, little shocking.
2: But, yeah, it's, it's good. They made the right decision. They made it early so everybody's mm-hmm. got time to get to L.A. and do just fine. So, so yeah, so we're doing good there. All right, let's, dive, let's just dive right into it. We have the Packers injury report. Not traveling with the team to Seattle. Kevin King, Randall Cobb, Nick Perry, um, Kendrell Bryce. So you've got those guys definitely out, and then questionables are Brashad Breland and Blake Martinez. What's your early takeaway? Like, what are you feeling? Is this going to be horrible? Are they going to be able to survive
3: these these injuries? I mean, um, look, looking at these names, I mean, the only one that would kill them, the only one that would kill them, is if Blake Martinez can't play. I think. I mean, I love. I was going to say all these other guys. I love most of these other guys. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Cobb fan. That's, that I've made no secret of that. I'm, I'm a very big Cobb fan. Um, he's barely been on the field this year. Uh, and so that's not that's not going to be a killer, especially with, with uh, say, the way MVS and even um, St. Brown have, have come up. So that's not a killer. Kevin King, when he's on the field, I really like him a lot. But, again, he's not really on the field. Like, those aren't a killer. And then Perry and Bryce, whatever. Um, the Martinez one... I hope he can play because especially against a guy like Wilson, who is going to get out, who is going to move like you need, you need kind of a sure tackler. You need a defense that's plays a little disciplined up front. And, and I, I mean, I love um, say Oren Burks. If Oren Burks takes over that role or something, he's, he's young, he's fast. I could see him getting out of position and getting burned real, real fast. So I, I think of all those names, the only one that would, that would really, really hurt would be Martinez. Um, you know, Breland, Breland flashed some good and some bad last week. Uh, but he's not a huge part of this team, so it's it's Martinez for me is the only one that that had me really really nervous.
2: Yeah, I mean you're you're looking at a thin secondary. If Breland yeah. doesn't go, if Bryce obviously isn't going, King isn't going with the Hammy. I mean you're you're thin there. Um, but from everything I've read, everything you've seen, it looks like they're not going to be throwing the ball as much. <laughs> it looks like the Seahawks are going to want to ground and pound as well as the Packers, like. If we're talking about what this game should be, it, and I, I'm going to air quote should be, because no <laughs> way in hell that we know anything is actually going to happen in this game. We say it should be because Aaron Jones should be featured. Uh, Chris Carson should be there. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis should be there for, for Seattle. So, I mean, it has, as we talked about this a little pre show, you said this has the feeling of just a
3: ground and pound, like old school football game. Mm hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at kind of where both teams strengths and weaknesses, just looking at football outsiders DVOA, I mean, it's <laughs> Seattle has by, uh, by football outsiders DVOA, the seventh best rush offense and the Packers have the twenty sixth best rush defense on the other side. Packers have the second best rush offense and the Seahawks have the 20th best rush defense. So Sorry, the Packers have the second best it, rush by, by football outsiders yeah. DVOA second That's best good. rushing attack in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> and the passing offense, pa- passing offense are both basically middle of the road and the passing defenses are, are fairly good on both sides. So yeah, this, again, like you said, Steve, we're going to, we're going to say this is going to be a, you know, 14 to six grinder and then it's going to be 42 to 37 or something like that. Like you, you can't tell what's going to happen, but based on how everything looks, yeah, it looks, it looks ground and pound. Um, and, and the old, the only thing, man, the only thing that other really scares me about that is you play off the ground and pound. The Seattle is the, best offense in the best play action offense in the league and the packers have the worst play action defense in the league so like if seattle can set up the run and by all accounts they should be able to good god man there could be some there could be some openings downfield
2: yeah i mean it's it's reminiscent of the old days of the russell wilson drops back and everybody bites on his his play action and then over the top to baldwin and oh god just it hurts my heart Right now, even just thinking of that NFC Championship game, of that play, oh! And I mean, I saw I saw highlights of it, and Tremont was in there, and Tremont's on the team again, and like oh, I'm just I'm just I don't know what to do. I,
3: I don't know what to tell you, man. I was hoping to have some really nice words of wisdom. Um, I, I mean, they haven't re-signed Bostic yet, so I mean, we're, you listen, man, I mean, yeah. we're not we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. We'll be okay. We'll be okay.
2: One thing I did want to talk to you about um this is something I saw it was pretty prevalent in on the Milwaukee sports uh radio we actually didn't talk about this at all so this is <laughs> this is a this is a genuine reaction coming from Dusty what do you feel is the packers rush uh rush defense do you believe that their pass rushers they have a good pass rush or a bad pass rush because right now they are tied for first no. in sacks And they have 15 of them on third downs, which is huge. Yet, everybody has this feeling of, we don't have a pass rush. The Packers don't have a pass rush. So how is it possible for them to have 31 sacks and tied for the league lead, but also have that feeling of, I don't know what's happened. like. They don't have a pass right.
3: Well, you know, and the crazy thing too. So I did. Um, we didn't talk about this. You say genuine, genuine reaction. Um, I recorded with another podcast, um, "Back to the Future," who I do every week, uh, and we talked about this last week. So I had to do some research. I'm sorry, Steve. I ruined, I ruined it for you. Um, so not only are they tied for first, uh,
4: it,
2: hurt, it, it really hurts me that you have another podcast with somebody else. I'm, so,
3: I'm sorry, Steve. I'm, Even though
2: know. I do it, I also do as well. But you know, you do, that's, that's
3: you do. How but, dare you? I'm done. Andy,
2: quit. It's in the. the the Packaged Podcast. Oh, okay, families, yeah, so. no, yeah,
3: yeah, that's yeah. I think that's okay. I think that's fine. Um, yeah. So not only tied for first, they're also they're eighth in the league, uh, in pressuring uh, uh, opposing QBs at uh, sitting around thirty-two percent of opponent dropback. So, like, it's I almost want to say it's a mirage, but it's not really like the crazy thing. So, I uh, like the, the two team leaders are uh, Fackrell, who's been playing limited snaps, but you know, I. I've been just knocking on Fackrell every chance I could get, um, but he's showing something this year. I still don't think he's amazing, but as a situational pass rusher, he's shown that he can do something. So good on him. That's amazing. Uh, number two is Kenny Clark. They both have five. And then four, this was shocking to me. You know who's good? the number two pass rusher on their team as far as sacks is Blake Martinez. So what that says to me, and, and it's it's what it's what the – and I think – I think Perry and Matthews combined, who are obviously your two big addressers combined for four. So they've got as many combined as Blake Martinez has in the season. It's kind of what we hope going into the season is that uh, Pettin's really good. Pettin's really good at scheming this stuff. He brings guys from weird angles. He creates holes. I, it helps to have Daniels and, um, Daniels and Clark kind of holding down the middle there, but he's really good at that. Now I, I do think it's a concern. I, I, I wish I had the stat in front of me. Um, because I think they bring, Packers bring five rushers more than anyone else in the league. And Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league against the Blitz. And so that's that's where they get you. You can't, you can't bring pressure with four because they can't get pressure with four. It's very hard to do that with this team. So when you say, like, they've got the 31 sacks, that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But they're having to bring extra guys to do that. And they've been doing really good. I mean, it's not just that. It's the back-end game planning as well. I mean, you've got, you know, Alexander's been playing well. Um, and that that really really helps them out a lot. And you've seen them kind of stymie you know, Goff and even Brady to a degree, uh, you know, through the first half of that game. So they're doing really good stuff on the back end to account for the fact that they're bringing that pressure. But they still have to bring pressure. I it's they're doing a great job with it, manufacturing pressure where they can. Like that, they're, they're not a good pass rushing team, but he's a good pass rushing schemer, if that makes sense.
2: No, I mean I, that makes total sense to I me. Mean, if you watch the games, you see that. They're not getting there when they just rushed the four. But I think the biggest thing is, like you said, he schemes them because you're getting guys that you wouldn't normally see with the blitz that, you know, drop back. And then, you know, are, are rushing in that you're, you're not seeing. So, I mean, what was it? Raven Green who got the sack yes. last week that, you know, he is on the line and you can't tell if he's going to blitz, if he's coming back. Um, it, you know, I think that's the big thing. But for me, the biggest thing this week when they play the Seahawks is wrapping up Russell Wilson. You're yes. gonna get, they're gonna get pressure on him, and it's gonna happen. But that man is just insane when it comes to, you know, turning right, switching left, going back right, and then coming around and then dropping a forty-yard pass. It is gonna be one of the biggest things I think in this game is is keeping him under control, which is why. Like you said, if Blake Martinez is there, if Oren Burks is there, I feel a little bit better than if it's just Oren Burks.
3: Yeah, and and kind of going along with that as well, I mean, you know, I knew Russell Wilson's rushing um, yards had been down this year. I actually just got done watching the Rams game, uh, Rams-Seahawks, from this past week, and I don't, it must have been something they saw in the Rams defense, I assume. Um, but he, Russell Wilson did a whole, they did a whole lot of like read option fakes, but then also him getting outside the pocket and running if there wasn't anything. So actually going into, uh, week nine, which was you know, just a few weeks ago, um, Russell Wilson hadn't rushed for more than 21 yards a game. And then against the chargers in week nine, he rushed for 41 and against the Rams last week, he went for 92. And so where it kind of looked Whoa. like. Yeah, like he was he was going wild. And so it, it, for, it would kind of looked like maybe they were dialing back. They're doing kind of more pure rushing and then he would drop back and pass. He do that play action. I don't know if it's just the matchups that kind of determined it. But these past two weeks, he's been getting out and he's been running a little bit more. And that that can it, I me mean, talk about 2014 giving you nightmares, Steve. I saw Russell Wilson <laughs> doing the play action or the like the read option fakes. And all I saw was Kaepernick going for like 500 oh, yards on the ground. And oh, like, God. I started getting sweaty thinking about this game. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, listen, man, we're all, we're both having just terrible flashbacks this week. Yeah.
2: I can see just clay Matthews being so unbelievably oh, confused man. and not knowing what to do, like hands in the air. Oh, that is this is just nightmare scenarios, but thank the Lord. <laughs> this is, this is not those teams. These are not those teams. So that's another thing I want to talk to you about you see all these stats out there, though. Now it's you know the Packers. The last three games are three and zero against the Seahawks, but that's the last three games have been in Lambeau. Yeah. And you know the last time the Packers have won in Seattle was two thousand and eight. And everything that happened about the the two thousand and fourteen NFC Championship game, and then the last time that the Packers were in Seattle for Thursday night football, which you found out, was the fail Mary game. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, and then and then it also comes out again that, you know, the Packers sat down and said, okay, everybody's in the in the room right now. Raise your hand if you were on that 2014 NFC Championship team. And there was like four people that raised their hands. Yeah. So these stats, they don't matter, I don't believe, because, you know, it's yeah. completely different teams. But the one thing that matters is they're going into Seattle, which is an unbelievably difficult place to play.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What do, you, what do you think the odds are? You, do you think, you think you know, we're, we're talking 50-50? What, what's your f- overall feeling
3: for the game? Um, gut, uh, just gut feel, you know, coming off a short week. Um, and, you know, they beat Miami by 19, and the running game looked good, but I didn't have a ton of confidence um, coming out of that game. Gut feel, a 40% chance. Okay. And I think traveling on the road to a
2: very difficult team, which is one of the loudest stadiums in the country. I think that's fair. I think that's a really realistic, realistic role. Um, One side note I want to put in before we get into some bold predictions for the game and some score predictions is anytime that Jair Alexander makes a play, everybody for the Packers fans (laughs) needs to remember that we traded with the Seahawks to get Jair Alexander. So, you know, every time the the future Pro Bowl cornerback is making a play, we get to kind of you know wag our little fingers at, at John Schneider, and be like, "Ha ha, shouldn't have made that trade, John." <laughs> That's just me. I'm petty in that kind of way when it comes to that kind That's of. It's the stuff.
3: best kind of petty. That's exactly. The best kind of petty.
2: All right, so before we get going, I wanted to talk some some bold predictions for the game. So I want to see a couple of things that you think you know, bold prediction-wise, and then we want to go some scores before we we let you guys go. So, Dusty, hit me. Mm. What's one of your bold predictions for the game?
3: Uh, okay, so I've got two. I've got one for each side, so I'm going to lead off with the offense. Um, offensive side, this goes against everything we just talked about for the past 20 minutes, Steve, um, that we said ground and pound, and we're taking back to 1950 and YA Tittle and blah, 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 blah. Um, Rogers goes for over 300 yards passing in this game. Uh, he passed for less than 200 this past game, but I kind of feel like short week, Rodgers knows that Seattle defense, um, you know, d- the scheme, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily the players, although some of the players. He knows how to play up there. Seattle's going to be paying attention to Aaron Jones since he just had his massively big breakout game. I feel like they're going to play off of that. I don't think Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball 40 times. I just think he's going to pick up enough chunk yardage. So, yeah, that's that's me. Rodgers 300 plus yards passing.
2: All right, I will play off of that and I will my bold prediction is that Aaron Jones gets 20 plus touches. Nice. So not rushes, but touches. He's going to have three or four catches again. I would say 16 to 17 rushes. So he's going to be in that plus he's he's continually gone up and I think, you know, his playing time was at about 75% of the snaps mm-hmm. and Jamal mm-hmm. Williams was at 25 and I think that's where it should be if not yeah. higher. Um, so my prediction is that Mike McCarthy is hopefully understanding that he, the way things are progressing is the way that they should be progressing.
3: And well, he so, got what, 20, 20 touches on the nose. I think, I think yeah, he had five, 15 rushing attempts. I uh, thought it was
2: eight. I thought it was 18. I thought it was 15. Well, attempts.
3: he had three catches, but there's targeted five. So I guess I, I count the targets, I guess, cause they're trying to get it to him. I gotcha. You. You so know, yeah, you, you yeah. did. But yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a little bit more than, yeah, that makes, I can see that. I can see uh, that.
2: So, yeah, that's my, Maya's 20 plus touches for him, and, and that's it with completed passes.
3: Okay, okay, all right, I'm with you. All right, round two. All right, round two, I got, um, and you kind of brought him up earlier, Um, and I just, I just decided this was going to be one of mine. I only had one picked out, but hey, man, let's do this. Um, Raven Green picks up another sack. I, I really okay. like him I kind of like what they're doing you know they got rid of Clinton Dix. they they um they got Tremont Williams back there Jones played a little more this past week you had uh, green out there it's something about it might just be it just might be my emotions but seeing number 36 bust through the line for a sack is just taking oh, me back so to Leroy cool. Butler man so uh yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Raven Green picks up another sack and maybe a QB pressure as well. I think he's yeah. I think they're gonna get a little creative with him. He seems like he can uh, be a be a menace at the line. So that's what I got for my defense. What do you and got?
2: I, I love the fact that he he was able to just wrap that up. That first oh, sack that he's tremendous. Right there. Yeah, you know, didn't miss on it. That was a good feeling. So defensive wise, the Packers are gonna pressure Russell Wilson into two interceptions. Ah, nice. Jair Alexander and Tony Brown. Tony Brown, I'm okay. Tony Brown, like I feel like that is going to be a steal among steals, yes, uh, within the next year or two. So I think when you're going to have Josh Jackson, you're going to have Tony Brown, you're going to have Jair Alexander, and Kevin King, man. Uh, I mean, this is a passing league, and when you've got four dudes plus your cover safeties, like, oh, I- yeah. I'm digging what's happening. It's going to be happening in the next year or two for the Packers. So. It's
3: crazy that at this point last year the talk was just well, this cornerback group is garbage. How, how will they ever be good again? And now it's just, holy crap. There's there's... (laughs) the future
2: is bright in the
3: secondary. Very, very bright. If we could get,
2: you know, another inside linebacker, some edge rushers, you know, a little bit of that. We could be, we could be looking at a top tier defense. And I, I don't remember the last time we had a top tier defense in Green Bay.
3: It's, it's been a minute, man. 2010, been a minute.
2: All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Let's, let's talk scores. Who's who you got winning. What's the, what's the differential hit me
3: up. I want to see it. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Packers pack. I know I said they had about a 40% chance, but listen, man, um, I always say this. I'm an optimist before the game when I start to look at things and I'm a pessimist during the game. So uh, I'm going to break out my optimist hat at the moment uh, Packers. I do think it's going to be close um i mean these teams always seem to play each other close except for was it the last time when the packers absolutely housed them with like the the wilson five picks god that was a that that was a game and a half um they usually play each other close i think it's gonna be a tough game like you said short week going to seattle uh i I got the packers winning 24 20. i like it i like it i love it i'm kind of the same way
2: I feel a little bit better after the Dolphins win. It's not a blow me away kind of type of victory mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it just, it made me happy that I felt like there was a, a legit game plan. And I feel if they can run a game plan as well with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams makes sense some Jimmy Graham um, and some MVS, you know, over the top, like that's mm-hmm. something like if they figure this out, this is something that this offense can be scary and the defense is coming along. So it's, it's very possible. And I'm wearing the Optimus hat as well. So I'm going to go Packers 31, Seattle 28. Get it. So that's, you know, I, I, th- I don't think it's going to be, I think it's it's not a Mason Crosby winner at the end, but, you know, five or six minutes left, Mason will hit one, and then it'll be a defensive hold at the end. So Defense
3: holds enough. I like that. I mean, maybe you get one of your uh, two picks at the end to seal it yeah you know
2: maybe we'll even go three i'll throw josh jackson in there i'm still i'm waiting for that josh jackson pick six man like that has got me jonesing like i just want to see it it's and now i'm gonna have sleeping children so i can't jump up and scream when it happens but
3: man getting all stinks steve it's It's real
2: stinks really stinks i'll have a couple of beers you know we'll be good we'll We'll be be feeling good Uh, uh, all right, Dusty. I, I mean, I think I think we're about good to go. Everybody should be ready to go for for Seattle and mm-hmm. Green Bay tonight. I mean, it's going to be a good time. So we will talk to you guys in the next couple of weeks. Um, be sure to tune in. We'll have another Pack a Day podcast for you tomorrow. Um, game recap, everything you can think of, we'll be talking about it. So uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. We're more than happy for the interaction with all the fans. So. For Dusty, I am Steve. Go Pack Go!
4: Osweiler steps back to an empty shotgun. Three receivers bunch right, two are split to the left. Packers showing, blitz up the gut. snap over the head of Osweiler. It's up the grabs. and recovered by, by the Green Bay! Kenny Clark all over it at the 30-yard line of the Packers! Adams goes wide to the left. Offset eye in the backfield, Rogers straight back to throw, looks, left out of the end zone, diving, grab, touchdown, to Dante Adams! Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers who ducks in under center. They get motion from St. Brown to the left side, from the 29 of Green Bay, and here is a handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead, here's Aaron Jones, up to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10! Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first 67 yards. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. And off Jones. Picks his way off the right side. Fights for the goal line. And did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown. Second down at 9 from the 27 of Miami. Hossweiler play action, deep drop. Throws left side, intercepted. Down the right sideline with Sean Freeland inside the 20. And he's out of bounds. Breeland with his first interception to the Packers. Single safety high Miami. Soft coverage on the corner, snap to Rodgers on second down at 25. Lost right side, Adams at the five, cuts it back, and there, high step and touchdown! Devontae Adams popped wide open, 26 yard touchdown catch, and it's 27 12, Green Bay.